Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is putting Pickett back out in a meaningless season and risking a third concussion in one season a smart move for the Steelers? I don't think it is at all. I, I don't think that... Kenny Pickett should see the field the rest of the year. We'll have thoughts on how the Steelers should handle their quarterback situation going forward. And also, should Mike Tomlin be on the hot seat? All that coming up and more, but first and foremost. It's the Steelers Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as I am each week with Kurt Popejoy. Kurt, of course, is the managing editor of USA Today's Steelers Wire. How are you doing this week, Kurt? I'm doing, I mean, as good as you can be after losing to the to the Ravens. It's, it's not easy ever, so yeah. It's, it's even more painful when they're down to the third uh, quarterback. It, it, it does make it yeah. painful, and we can't get to 10 points. Uh, painful. Uh, but it's got people talking, right, Kurt? We're, we are in, uh, and you've been writing about this on Steelers Wire throughout the week. It's like, we're not used to being here. We're not used to having a month left in the season where I know they're not mathematically out of the playoffs, but they're they're out of the playoffs, right? They're out of the picture. At this point, they're going to need right. some type of right. miracle. We're just waiting for the for the bath percentage to say zero, uh, but it's a very low number of whatever it is. I guess if we go on 538 and figure out the actual decimal point, but whatever. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're, they never finish below 500. I think it's been, what, we talked about that in another pod, 18 years or something. They've always the year been, before Ben came, yeah. Yeah, they've always been at or above 500. They're probably going to finish below 500 this year, not make the playoffs, be out of it with a month to go. We're just not used to being here, and it's got people talking about all kinds of stuff, including what changes need to be made, and, and specifically what changes need to be made on the coaching staff. And the first name you're going to think about when you're having that kind of conversation, Kurt, is the head coach. So is it time to talk Mike tomlin Hutsey? Let's start the show there. Where do you th- what do you think about that? I think he has to be. I mean, because this this team is his. I, I don't have any any misconceptions that that Mike Tomlin, being the 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 leader of men that we're always told, and the the player, you know, the coach that all players want to play for, and all those kinds of things. All that stuff is true. But I think we are seeing that from an X's and O standpoint, he is not as strong. As, as people want to believe. And I think that he has to surround himself with good coordinators to sort of account for that or a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, let's, let's be real. You know, he hasn't had a great run of offensive coordinators during his time, but he's had Ben Roethlisberger has been his constant. Meanwhile, on the other side, he's had exceptional defensive coordinators. You know, he had Dick LeBeau for a long time, who's one of the best that's ever done it. And I think that has always sort of masked the fact that he's not as as engaged in the in the play side of it as he is more of kind of a motivator and inspirational figure. I, I want to sit here and say, absolutely, he should be just as much on the hot seat as any coach on the team. But I think we all know how the Steelers front office works. Stability is what they're all about. They are they are not going to just on a whim sort of fire Mike Tomlin and and hope that there's somebody else out there. I mean, there are, like, like you and I talked before the show, there's some really going to be some really interesting head coaching candidates 
in this offseason. And I would think that Pittsburgh would be a very enticing program, you know, enticing team for a lot of young assistants to want to want to be a part of. But having said that, I just the Roonies have never been, you know, sort of sort of knee jerk when it comes to to moves like that. I mean, three coaches in in 50 years is is an incredible number. Um, so I don't look for one down season, the first season without Ben Roethlisberger being a season that's going to cost Mike Tomlin his job. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great for, for speculation. And as we see these other head coaching positions being filled, um, I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of see where, where some of these top names end up. But I think that honestly, I think that the, at this point, the, the team needs to needs to make Mike Tomlin understand that he has to improve his coordinators if he wants to remain competitive, if he's not going to be the guy to sort of sort of be the X's and O's and the game plan kind of coach that a lot of great NFL coaches are now. You know, you see a lot of these young coaches, they are all in on the game plan. You know, they're they're using, you know, you know, all these all these, you know, interesting new philosophies and, and bringing all this originality to the NFL. And Mike Tomlin just isn't that guy. He's he's never been that guy, and he doesn't have guys right now on the on his staff that are those guys either. And I think that's where they're going to have to begin. Yeah, it's interesting commentary. And Tomlin, so I know he started coaching what two thousand seven, right? Two thousand seven. Yes. So what is that? Is this his fifteenth season, Kurt? Or I believe so. Yes. So I mean, I, I see. I still see Bill Cower on these pregame shows. I'm like, man, Cower, he's. He's got to be old. He's getting old, man. He's still he's still doing it though. It's like, man, it's like it was Cower than Tomlin. You kind of feel like it's like amazing with the Steelers and how they do this. You know, it's just it would be such a departure from the norm, as you were saying, for them to move on from Tomlin. I don't really see it happening. I don't think you do either. Uh, just because Tomlin, I think, is still he's still one of the best head coaches uh, in the game. But yeah, the coordinators are something to look at. I want to talk about them here coming up. But yeah, as you mentioned, like we could sit here all day and talk. Sean Payton, obviously the former head coach of the Saints. D'Amico Ryans, really good defensive yeah. coordinator for the 49ers. I mean, that guy's a stud. I don't, I don't. I think he could be a head coach right now if he wanted to be. And when he decides he's ready, yeah. he's going to be a good one. Uh, Joe Gannon of the the Eagles, the defensive coordinator. He's he's got some some steam behind him. I mean, Dan Quinn, we all know him of the Cowboys. Ajiro Evero, the young defensive coordinator of the Broncos. I mean, all these guys could come in and help get this Steeler defense back on track, right? Uh, and sure, we've already sure. talked about Frank Reich, uh, and we could bring in other offensive names like Kellen Moore of the Cowboys offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, who seems mm-hmm. like a, is the top uh, candidate every single season. Like it's a long list. I mean, some of these guys are unknowns, and I think you wrote that on Steelers Wire. But man, there is a lot of candidates, and you know, if the Steelers want to make a move, I feel like this would be the year. But I don't see them doing that, right? I don't see them doing that at all. Well, I think Mike Tomlin's a pretty damn good coach. You know, I, I think the counter argument to that is because. I get a lot of messages from a lot of fans that are ready to see Tomlin gone. I mean, there's a lot of fans that have for years, you know, the playoff drought over the last decade has been real. I mean, it's, there's no, no denying the numbers. And, you know, when the Steelers hired him, he had been a defensive coordinator with Minnesota for one year. Other than that, he'd been a position coach. You know, he, he wasn't exactly a known commodity. He wasn't, he didn't. He didn't come to Pittsburgh with a with a an impressive resume or or you know really a 
uh, a long list of accolades. You know, he he was basically the the Vikings defensive coordinator in 2006. And then you go back, he was a defensive backs coach from 1999 to 2005 for Cincinnati and for Tampa Bay. And I mean, they had some pretty good secondaries during that time, but that's still kind of a stretch that he he was only a, a coordinator for one year before getting a head coaching job. So, I mean, the Rooney's took a chance. It really worked out, I think, you know, it, it initially. Um, there's always that old cliche, you know, has, has the message gotten old? You know, our players, our young players coming in and still listening to Tomlin. You know, you, you hear former players who talk about Tomlin with such reverence. You know, Ben Roethlisberger and James Harrison and Troy Polamalu and, and a lot of these guys that played for Tomlin early in his career. And I just wonder if in 10 years, you know, guys like Najee Harris and George Pickens and people like that, are they going to talk about Tomlin the same way? I'm not sure they will. And I think that's where the critics of Mike Tomlin, you know, that's where the divide is sort of for them. They look at that and go, I don't, I don't necessarily hear younger players gush about Coach Tomlin the way these older players did. And, you know, is that going to be there? And, you know, as we're talking about candidates here, there are a lot of Steelers fans who believe that there's a pretty adequate replacement for Mike Tomlin on the roster right now. And if you're a conspiracy theorist, you believe that Brian Flores is going to be the next head coach of the, of the Steelers. Sure. But, yep. You know, he, he was brought in as this sort of transitional guy. I look at it more as Brian Flores, you know, I'm sure he does a lot of great things, but he's still taking care of a defense that's, that can't get the job done. So I don't, I, I've lost a lot of a lot of steam on the Brian Flores bandwagon for me. I, I expected a bigger impact from him when he got to the team. I don't think the linebackers have played anywhere close to what they're being paid, um, and that's a reflection on him. That's that's what he was brought in to do. And so, I've I've talked to s- some people about that, and you know, I've when when Brian Flores was first hired, that was my first thought too. Was this guy's going to be the next defensive coordinator? He's going to be in line. I I haven't been impressed with what Brian Flores has done this year at all. Um, I I honestly expected the defense to do much better than it did. So he wouldn't be on my short list of potential candidates to replace Tomlin, but I know within the fan base, there's a lot of fans who feel like he deserves a shot. So it's an interesting conversation. There there are, like, like we said, there are a lot of names out there, but it just doesn't, doesn't jive with what the Steelers typically do with their ownership and what they do with their head coaches and, and as as you put really nicely there, uh, Kurt. But let's talk about the current defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin. Uh, mm-hmm. You wrote about how it, it you know he he needs to go uh, this offseason. Basically, you didn't really parse words as as you mm-hmm. never do on Steelers Wire, which is why I, I love going on there and reading your stuff. That's that's how I like to read my content, uh, Kurt. Uh, but you know, a lot of people have been piling on Matt Canada all year, right? He's been the easy one. He's been the easy target, the lightning rod. Uh, but you kind of wrote on Steelers Wire this week, uh, Terrell Austin shouldn't just get a free pass, right? Like, we shouldn't just say, well, hey, hey, TJ Watt's been either out of the lineup or right now, clearly not 100%. So uh, we should give him a pass, right? You think that that should not be the case with him and that he should be in, uh, he should be in the crosshairs just as much as Matt Canada? Absolutely. He, he didn't lose a Hall of Famer on his side of the ball. You know, there's, there, there's no getting around the fact that that, you know, Terrell Austin has multiple first round picks on defense. He has all pros on defense. He had the reigning defensive player of the year. Um, and I understand that 
that he, you know, TJ Watt was out for, for seven games. And I, I get that, but you still have Minka Fitzpatrick. You still have Cam Hayward. You still have first round picks, Miles Jack, Devin Bush, um, lots of names out there of players who should be better. Alex Highsmith, um, you know, you spend $110 million on the defensive side of the ball and $57 million on the offensive side of the ball. Defense has to be better than it's been. And there's just no, you know, you, you can't, you can't sugarcoat the fact that the team ignored defensive line in the off season. Um, they let, they knew Stefan to it wasn't going to come back and they didn't adequately address that position. They threw money at Miles Jack thinking he was going to be the answer at inside linebacker. I contend that, you know, 13 games in the season, Robert Spillane's still the best inside linebacker on the roster and he doesn't start. Um, you know, they let Joe Hayden leave and they really didn't replace. They knew Joe Hayden wasn't going to come back. They didn't replace Joe Hayden adequately. Levi Wallace has not been a proper replacement for Joe Hayden. Um, yeah, I, I just don't, I, I'm not a, I guess I, I don't hate on what Terrell Austin's doing. I think he's one part of a of a defensive coaching staff that that just doesn't seem to have the right personnel to do what they want to do. Um, I think as you've seen over the last few weeks, as teams have figured out, this defensive front is not big enough and not strong enough to to defend the run. So if we can neutralize the pass rush by running the ball. It, it seriously handicaps what Terrell Austin wants to do with that defense. He wants to be able to rush four, drop seven, get after the quarterback, and make life easy on his on his back seven. And when teams are coming out rushing the ball for five, six, seven yards on first down, that completely changes what he has to do. And if, if they're going to keep Terrell Austin, they're going to have to make some pretty serious changes to the defensive roster until they can figure out a way to slow other teams down. You know, you, you've just got too many, too many teams have figured them out now. Um, you know, you, you can just wear that front down. They don't have any really big guys up front. Um, you could just see against Baltimore. I mean, they were just getting pushed around on those, you know, every play. It seemed like Dob- J.K. Dobbins had two or three spots he could have picked where he wanted to run through. and. Yeah, it, it was. It's hard to watch that way, but yeah, I honestly, I don't think Matt Canada has been a bad play caller since since the bye week. I think that they, I think he's made far more adjustments to the positive, especially in the run game, than uh, than Terrell Austin has done with the defense. And I, I know that that's not a popular opinion among Steelers fans. I think that Terrell Austin's pretty beloved by the players too. You don't really ever hear the players talking up Matt Canada. You know, even the, even the players. I mean, there was that controversy about Chris Boswell even even mouthing off to Matt Canada after a game when Matt Canada is walking back to the locker room saying something the effect of "We did it, we did it," and you hear Chris Boswell in the background, "You didn't have anything to do with it," and they don't know if he was actually talking to Matt Canada or <laughs> someone else or whatever the case may be. But you hear the defensive players openly praise Terrell Austin. He's he's another guy that I think is is beloved by the players. He's very much a players' coach. Again, that's all well and good, but if you can't scheme a good defense with $110 million, it really doesn't matter if the players like you. 
Well, Big Ben wasn't afraid to fire some shots to Canada, right? Right. No, a couple he's, weeks ago, he's letting him have it. I'll sure. tell you what. Yeah. Retired Ben Roethlisberger might be my favorite person. Yeah, I, yeah. I love retired Ben Roethlisberger. To hop on that that's podcast. Great. Yeah, that's a good one to subscribe to to hear what Big oh, Ben's talking gosh. about next. Yeah, for sure. But uh, but folks, I'm sure you heard Kurt uh, talking about the Steelers' run defense. How disappointed he's been in that unit. We got some stats to back that up, and also why it's a bad sign against the Panthers this week. Um, and we're also going to talk about Kenny Pickett a little bit. Is it time just to ride it out with Mitch Trubisky and then turn back to Kenny Pickett in 2023? We'll tell you by why we're thinking about that coming up next. But first, let's set our fantasy lineups. It's playoff time. Playoff time. Those still in their leagues, this is a good time to be uh, in the fantasy playoffs. And we're going to get some advice from the huddle.com right here. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Playoffs. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for Week 15. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan at the Minnesota Vikings. Ryan, coming out of the bye week, takes on a Vikings defense that has allowed eight finishes of QB 13 or better in the last nine games. Just two defenses have given up more points to quarterbacks in 2022, and one of them allowed double the rushing scores as Minnesota. This matchup is 30.3% better than league average. Even a fading star like Ryan should be able to exploit Minnesota's secondary. Kansas City Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco at Houston Texans. This matchup profiles better for Pacheco finding success than his red hot backfield mate Jarek McKinnon. Since week 9, running backs have averaged the 7th most rushing yards per game and a touchdown every 36.8 attempts, but this is the number one defense to exploit on the year. 15 times a running back has made it into double-digit PPR territory, and this matchup is 28.6% better than league average. McKinnon will get his, but Pacheco should finish on the border between RB1 and number 2 performers. Washington Commanders wide receiver Jahan Dotson versus New York Giants. The rookie wideout posted 5 receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown on nine targets before the bye week hit. Now, Dotson will take on a Giants defense again, his opponent from the aforementioned Week 13 showing. He was involved more as a receiver of late, and it wouldn't be a surprise to see that continue down the stretch. New York has allowed wide receivers top 10 stats for receptions and yardage per contest since Week 9, and this defense has given up a touchdown per game to the position during that window. Tight end David Njoku, Cleveland Browns versus Baltimore Ravens. After missing Week 13 with a bum knee only to return for a 7-catch, 59-yard, one touchdown line on nine looks in his first contest with Deshaun Watson under center, and Joku faces a Baltimore defense that has done a pretty good job of limiting tight ends of late. He was good for 14.1 fantasy points without scoring a touchdown in week seven. Consecutive tight ends have posted at least 12 PPR points against this defense in the most recent pair of games, and eight tight ends have posted at least 10 points versus the Ravens in 2022. Six touchdowns have been scored by the position on the year. Don't be scared off by the name brand of Baltimore's defense. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. Uh, Kurt, Kenny Pickett is back in the concussion protocol. Uh, it's the second time, right, this season. Uh, and he hasn't even been starting the whole season. So it's not a good, that's not great. It's not great for a young player, especially at quarterback. Uh, your quarterback, there's, 
I don't know. You don't want your quarterback to have head injuries. It's just um, it's a scary thing. Uh, you know, we saw the thing going on with Tua too earlier this year with Miami, and you just don't want to see that. Uh, it's a tough position because you're taking a lot of hits, and uh, that's just what is what it is. Uh, you wrote on you you posed a question on Steelers Wire, Kurt. I just want to get you to answer it because uh, you're just so good. You're just so good, man. You just you just spit out the takes, man. So I want to get your take on this: Is putting Pickett back out in a meaningless season? in risking a third concussion in one season, a smart move for the Steelers? I don't think it is at all. I, I don't think that Kenny Pickett should see the field the rest of the year. I think if he, if you really think he's the future of the franchise, putting him out there and risking a third concussion in one season makes absolutely no sense to me. It is, a, it is, it is just ego on the part of Mike Tomlin to, to trot him back out there um, you know, he already had to swallow his pride and bench Mitch Trubisky in favor of Kenny Pickett. And I think now he feels like he can't go back the other way. But I think if we're really serious about player safety, I, I just don't see how you do it. I know that, that Pickett, the last time he was in concussion protocol, he was released the same week. He didn't have to miss any time. He arguably came out and had one of his shakiest performances after that game, after that week in concussion protocol. Could be the fact that he didn't get maybe as many reps, but he threw three interceptions that following week. I will be very curious to see what kind of Kenny Pickett we get the next time he's on the field, whether it's this Sunday against against the Panthers or the following week. You know, I, I I'm I'm a big proponent of the idea that that you want to be able to you know keep these guys safe and and of all the things that can go wrong i mean a head injury is just you know these players are so prideful i i'm sure kenny pickett wants to play i mean every every nfl player wants to be on the field i mean that's why they you know it doesn't matter i mean you hear these former players uh, uh, you know when he was still hosting with mike greenberg uh, mike golick when when all this concussion stuff and they still had their show, I'll never forget this. Um, he said that they would they would go back out there and play, and they would lie to their coaches and do whatever they had to do to get back on the field. And I know that mentality hasn't necessarily changed for a lot of these guys. I mean, I I, I joke all the time that players avoid injury. You know, they make make business decisions on the field sometimes to keep from getting hurt. I get that. But I'm sure with Pickett's mentality, he wants to be on the field. But I'd tell him, look, we're going to have you ready for next year. You're going to be healthy. We're going to ride it out with these two guys. Um, One of them isn't coming back next year. So let's just see what we have between the two of them and, and go from there. You know, you get a third concussion in one in one season. I don't care who you are. I mean, that would that would that would rattle your confidence a little bit the next time you're out on the field, and you've got a defender bearing down on you. Um, you know, the the comment was made during one of the primetime games this last week about how when a uh, I, well, I think it was the Miami game when Tua they were talking about Tua, you know, former quarterback. You always want to get back out there and get that next hit and then you feel better again. They said, well, unless you're coming off a concussion, maybe then you're not looking forward right. to that next Exactly. Hit. And I think that's kind of where Pickett sees it. You know, that's where I would see it if I were him at this point is my, my offensive line, you know, Dan Moore's not really doing what he needs to do over there on the left side. And, and uh, you know, the, the Panthers are going to bring the heat and I, I, I wouldn't play him. 
I just wouldn't. I don't think there's anything to be gained. If this team were eight and five instead of five and eight, it's a whole different conversation. But at five and eight, four games to go, um, I just don't. I you know I just don't think there's enough to be gained. I think you know what you have in Kenny Pickett. I think I think we all know he is he is going to be a very good starter in the NFL. I think that I think next year we're going to see a completely different player um, with a full off season as a starter. But I just don't see any any benefit of, of putting him out there right now. Um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't get it, and I honestly think that that a lot of Steelers fans agree with that mentality. You know, I, I think there's a lot of them that are like, eh, do we, you know, this guy's the future. Of course, I've, I've already had a lot of fans come to me and say, well, we got to draft a quarterback next year. You know, that this, this isn't going to work. He's going to get hurt. He's not going to make, you know, he's not going to be around or he's going to, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm not there, but I do think they need to sit him down for the last four games. I think they need to make wholesale changes on the roster. I, I put out a piece about, there are a lot of guys I'd like to see a lot more of the next four games just to see what they have. Yeah. And just, you know, we, we talked about Mike Tomlin earlier, Kurt, and we kind of, you know, kind of alluding to how he's a kind of a player, his coach, you know, players don't have a, a negative thing to say about Tomlin. And I think it's because in this mm-hmm. situation, Tomlin usually does the right thing. And if Tomlin thinks that Kenny Pickett is in any danger health wise, he's not going to put him back out there especially in this situation. I, think, so. I think he would swallow his pride and do that. So I think, uh, you know, go back to Mitch Trubisky is what I meant there. Uh, so I think right. Tomlin is that he's not that coach who's going to make that like bullheaded decision. You know what I mean? He is going to be, he's going to do the right thing for, for Pickett, the person. Uh, and I fully expect that. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But if it is, you just kind of hit on this, Kurt, if it is Mitch Trubisky, right? For the for, So let's <laughs> hypothetical. It's Mitch Trubisky for the final four weeks of the season. We already said, we don't know what the actual decimal point is. It's not good. So the Steelers playoff chances are on just on life support. And we're just waiting for the end. Uh, give us some hope for the final four weeks of the season. Why, why should fans still be invested? Why should fans still be showing up to the stadium with the terrible towels, Kurt? Like give us a little bit of hope for the final month of the year heading into the off season. Well, I think, I think there's several things you got to look at. And I think we just talked about one. I think you have to be optimistic in the fact that, and Kenny Pickett's going to be a really good NFL quarterback. And I, I was critical and I have, I have come around. I think he has shown that he has all the tools to be an excellent NFL quarterback. And I think if nothing else, you, you looked at these last four games, no matter how they end and assuming nothing happens with him in the next four games, that a full off season, he's going to be a pretty special player. And I think you can say that about a lot of guys. And I think that's what the, what Steelers fans need to look at, you know, for a long time, Steelers fans looked at it. We got Ben Roethlisberger, we got Le'Veon Bell, and we got Antonio Brown. Well, I think now they have to look at it. You got Kenny Pickett, you got Najee Harris, and you have some combination of Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And you have Pratt Firemuth, who's the best tight end they've had since, you know, Heath Miller. So there's a lot of things to be excited about. I think defensively, I think you have to look at it's sort of a I, I, honestly there's uh, for me personally I think there has to be more work done on defense but I think as long as you've got TJ Watt going into the offseason can get healthy you still have Minka Fitzpatrick um, I think Alex Highsmith has given people a lot of optimism that he's as, as long as he has somebody across from him who can play he he can be very productive no doubt um, 
but I think most of the most of the optimism for me for next year is on the offensive side of the ball. I think there's I think there are far more questions on the defensive side of the ball for next year than than there are on the offense. I think they have to probably swap out at least one offensive lineman. And other than that, you just get everybody back on the field and healthy. You get Calvin Austin back. I think people are going to be really shocked at how good Calvin Austin is when he's healthy. I think his speed element, you know, every week we watch these games where you've got the Tyree kills and the Jamar chases and, and all these guys who can run. And the Steelers haven't had a guy like that in a very long time. I think if fans want to, want to rally around something, just, just go back and watch some Calvin Austin highlights from college and think about what he's going to look like in year two, you know, fully healthy. I think that that's going to be a, a weapon that right now, when we see the Steelers offense struggle, it's because Gunnar Olszewski and Steven Sims have become key parts of the passing game. That won't be an issue next year. And fans need to be ready for what Calvin Austin's going to bring because he is, he's incredibly fast. I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but I'd like to see him run with Tyreek Hill because he does provide that kind of speed on the field. And that's, like I said, that's just something Pittsburgh hasn't had in a very long time. So there's, there's plenty to be optimistic about on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, like I said, I'm not quite as hopeful. I think that there, there's several guys that probably need to go and, and some upgrades that need to be made. And so, but I think if nothing else, for, for all the fans that didn't have to live through the Steelers of the, of the eighties and the nineties, and had got spoiled on Ben Roethlisberger being their starting quarterback, I think you better be pretty excited about the fact that we might be moving into the Kenny Pickett era. And I think it's going to be pretty great too. Yeah. No, there's, this happens. Sometimes you do finish below 500. Sometimes you don't, yeah. you know, sometimes this happens. Sometimes you have a losing season. Uh, I know Steelers fans. Steelers fans are so spoiled. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So, isn't well, it? Yeah, totally. Well, I'm a Patriots fan, Kurt, as you know, so I've been spoiled as well. So yeah. I've really been struggling exactly. the last three years over here but i do know exactly. this if gutter Olszewski is a big part of your offense that's not good <laughs> that's not good yeah. so yeah so we let's, yeah. let's let's get some changes in changing in personnel there for sure looking forward to that we always love to end the show talking about the next opponent and the spread uh this week we got steelers panthers and so the steelers are two and a half point dogs heading to carolina now if you told me that to be you know months ago kurt i'd say what the hell are you talking about there's no way yeah. this panthers team fired the head coach traded their best player and started the year two and seven. And right now we, we talk about the Steelers basically being mathematically they're, they're still alive, but they're not going to make it. The Panthers have a clear path because they play in the NFC South and they've already beat the Buccaneers once and they're one game back. So they're, so the Panthers at five and eight tied with the Steelers, unfortunately, but at five and eight, they're right in it in the NFC South. They could play, they could make the playoffs if they beat the Bucs uh, again, they got the Bucs again here coming up. If they could beat Tampa Bay again, Kurt, especially if they could beat the Steelers here, boy, they might be in the playoffs, the Carolina Panthers. Can you believe yeah. that? So It's scary to think that somebody from that division has to make the playoffs. Like uh, yeah. And play at home. A mercy rule or uh, something. And play at home, there, yeah. Some team in the NFC is not going to be very happy. I mean, there's got to be another team in the NFC that's going to finish far better than the winner of the NFC South. It's going to be like, why not us? I mean, that's... I mean, they're five and eight. They're five and eight, uh, and they're they're in it. They're, they're game back, yeah. and they have the tiebreaker over the yeah. first place team in that division, the Bucks. They've won three of their last yeah. four back to back games, so that's why the Steelers are two and a half point dogs heading to Carolina. Uh, and we're not sure about the status of Pickett or Trubisky. I think that plays into the line probably a little bit. Although I don't know how much of a mm-hmm. difference that is right now. Uh, I think Pickett is the better prospect, but 
you know, how much more is he giving you than Trubisky? Probably a slight edge, but I don't know how many points in a spread he's giving you, right, Kurt? Yeah. Uh, the right. question here right. is, can the Steelers contend with a good Carolina run game? And we teased some stats, and here, here they are. In the last three weeks, the Panthers are a top 10 rushing offense in the league. They're averaging 148 yards per game. Uh, pretty neat trick when you trade away Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so they are yeah. they're a top 10 rushing offense in the last three weeks. Meanwhile, the Steelers... You mentioned you've been you have been annoyed with their run defense all year, Kurt, and been you know hitting on that on Steelers wire. Well, bottom ten team at stopping the run the last three weeks. The Steelers have so. Yeah. I think all of these factors: the fact that the Panthers are hot, the fact that the Steelers are kind of down, the fact that the Panthers are kind of built to attack the Steelers' weakness on defense. All of these things are kind of pulling me towards the Panthers actually in this game. Which again, months yeah. ago, I would have said. That's crazy talk. Get out of here. What, what are we talking about? The Steelers will crush that team. They're tanking. They're going for the number one pick. But no, by the way, the, the Panthers might be in the playoffs, if you can believe that, at home in the first round. And I think a win over the Steelers is kind of a stepping stone there. I mean, this team is hot, and they're playing for something, and they're dangerous. And I think they could they could have the Steelers on a, in, a, in a tough spot here this week. Oh, they look like a confident team last week. I, I made a point to watch that Panthers game last week, and they're playing confident football. I mean, they... They feel like they can run on anybody, and they they're that, that that was a pretty impressive effort. I think they ran the ball forty two or sometimes in the game. I mean, it was amazing how, the how they just even when it didn't work, they just kept lining up and running, and that's that's impressive. You know, they they they've made it figured out a way to kind of mask their their problems at quarterback a little bit. Ask and, Sam Darnold and get him out of the print. Yeah, yeah I mean if you can if you can win with Sam Darnold, you're doing something right. Absolutely. I mean that's the thing. And 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 I think that the fact that that I'm sure odds makers are looking at what Mitch Trubisky did last week and the potential of him being back out there, you know, Trubisky admitted he he got overly aggressive and pushed the ball where he shouldn't on on a couple of those interceptions. At the same time, he seemed pretty upbeat after the game, considering how poorly he played. Said it was sure great to get back on the field with the guys, which I thought was kind of a strange, strange line at his post-game press conference after after basically handing the win to the most hated rival of his yeah. of his team. But That's a tough you one. know, just, tough one, glad, just great to be back out with the guys. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure you know they're, they're looking at that going. You know, he's not, he's going to, he's going to make mistakes. You know, he's going to, he's going to make some, make some missteps. And I think Carolina's a team that can take advantage of that. You know, that's the, that's been one of the things that's hurt Pittsburgh all season. Even in games where they haven't turned the ball over, they can't capitalize on other teams' turnovers. I mean, at one point, Pittsburgh led the league in interceptions and they just do not turn turnovers into points. And I think that's tough. I think it's, you know, several games they've lost this year, they were plus in the turnover battle. And that's, that's kind of unheard of in the NFL. I mean, that's a real outlier. Usually if you are ahead at the end of the game in the turnover battle and time of possession, you win the game and Pittsburgh's found a way to defy the odds and, and not be able to do that. And I don't think Mitch Trubisky makes it any better. I think they were coming around a little bit with Kenny Pickett there, you know, being much more cautious with the football than he was when he first got on the field. And I think that was helping balance some of that out. You know, they were, three and one, you know, in four games. But um, I think if, if Kenny Pickett's playing and he's cleared and he's healthy and we all trust the, the evaluators, then I, I would definitely take points um, in Pittsburgh. If, if he doesn't play, I'm kind of leaning toward Carolina for sure. 
Yeah, I know. And that's another thing too, like Trubisky or Pickett coming off a, a, a second concussion. It's like, yeah, neither of those make from a betting standpoint, uh, whoever the starting quarterback is, doesn't make you feel great about the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, typically yeah. when the Steelers are getting points, I, I like to take it because again, it's Tomlin, it's the Steelers. The Steelers usually have their crap together. Um, you know, yeah. those games like, close. yeah, they I do mean, like games like the Buffalo game earlier this year is kind of there. Those are kind of outliers. The, the Steelers are usually in it. They're usually tough. Sometimes they win games. They're not supposed to, or at least we thought they weren't supposed to like the Bucks game. Nobody's giving them a shot. They won that ball game. Now we see the Bucks kind of suck, but oh, well, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, but I don't know, man, I think this one, if I was betting it early in the week and we're talking early in the week here, so this could change. This line could change. Injury reports are going to come out here in another day or so. So we'll, we'll, this could change. I think early in the week though, just based on the pure numbers and where these two teams are at, where they're heading. I think I, I think I have Carolina. I think I have Carolina covering two and a half. I think that's where I'm at. Me too. Yep. 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 I think so too. I, because right now Pickett's not playing, right. you know, he, right. he didn't get cleared last time until Friday. And so he, you know, they're going to sit back and they're going to bide their time and wait and see. Uh, it sounds like Mason and Mitch are going to split time. You know, Mason says he's ready to go. So we'll, we'll get Mason reps. Rudolph out there. <laughs> yeah, he's ready for hey, some reps. I, I did a poll. I did a poll on Steelers Wire and asked who should start if Kenny Pickett doesn't. And I think it's up to about 85% of the votes. Several thousand votes are in favor of Mason Rudolph getting the start this week. <laughs> that's if Kenny good, Pickett can't. That's a good measurement of the fan base right there. That's real. That's Steelers real right fans there. will turn on you in a second. See you later, Mason Mitch. Rudolph's the most popular guy in Pittsburgh right now. Uh, you lose again to Baltimore, you're, you're screwed. Yep, you lose to the Ravens, a game you should have won with three interceptions. Now you might want to stay out of town for the week. So. <laughs> Mason Rudolph, yeah, he's been he he's just ready to practice a little bit, right? So that's that's well, what that. Uh, is. Yeah, he yeah he made the joke that that he gets one starter rep per practice. <laughs> that, that that and I don't know if he was telling truth or not, but I thought that was hilarious enough that I had to let people know about it. That, he negotiated with with Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. That he gets one starter rep per practice. So. <laughs> he's sick of doing the uh, the scout team, so he's ready to split rips well, with Trubisky. They said he's practically a coach on the field on the sidelines. Then, yeah, they said he he's he's as tuned into the game plan, you know, and so yeah. But the fan base, at least the ones who who read Steelers Wire, are on the Mason Rudolph bandwagon for this week. Oh, I so. think I am too. I think I am too. I I almost forgot about Mason. But thankfully, you guys yeah. po- had that post early this week on Steelers Wire, Kurt, about Mason Rudolph. Exactly what you're saying, how he wanted, how he gets one uh, starter rep a, a week, which I, thought was, yeah, which I thought was kind of fun. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, Mason, rock. Mason Rudolph, he's still there. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, so, yeah. guy's making $4 million bucks. Let, let him earn a little bit of it this week. You know, <laughs> why not? Oh, he's loving life. He's, he hasn't taken any hits. Oh, my God. Well, let's get him out yeah. there. Yeah, so. Uh, he washes uniform all year, so. <laughs> That's Kurt Popejoy right there. Please check him out on Steelers Wire. Uh, just really good commentary, really good stuff. You can tell on the podcast, Kurt. He knows what he's doing. He's got takes, and you just you just deliver them, Kurt, in a clear way that I can understand. And I'm not the smartest guy in the world, and I just understand uh, your takes, even if they're kind of against the grain a little bit. Sometimes I understand where you're coming from. So, uh, folks, folks should definitely be checking out Steelers Wire. If you're not, and we appreciate you jumping on board with the podcast, of course. Uh, for Kurt, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll catch you next week after Steelers Panthers. Go, 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 go.
This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.